0: This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And away we go. Welcome in Fine Citizens. Happy Manning Monday here on the Detroit Citycast. We have flipped the calendar into August. You know what that means? College football this month. I know Michigan, Michigan State, early September. NFL preseason games this month. FedEx Club playoffs this month. US Open starts this month. Tennis, of course. And, of course, the baseball season continues and the Tigers lose three or four to the Jays. Who really cares right now? Uh, Unfortunately, not, not a good year for the Tigers. But we are getting to that sweet spot where it's, you know, boating season and hiking and walking and beach and golf and everything great in Michigan. But football is right around the corner. So what you get to here on the Manic Monday Show. Coming up in a little bit, we'll get to the latest edition of Michigan Mondays, a focus on Michigan State and Michigan football. And uh, really cool rankings came out on all-time defenses in college football history. And both Michigan and Michigan State made that list. Maybe a program uh, between the two of those made the list multiple times. We'll get into that as well as some updated lines and futures and props for both Michigan and Michigan State and where the money's going in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to run into the Motown betting window shortly, but a few things I want to get to right off the bat here. My incredible week, uh, you know, came to a close yesterday. You know, obviously the concerts were great. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the week, or last week, Brian Wilson and uh, Al and Brian Wilson's final show ever. He was almost comatose in a way, but it was still great to see him there. And uh, All the reports are he wanted to be out there. Uh, and then, of course, seeing Chicago Later that night was awesome, seeing Roger Waters on Saturday with my dad. Uh, Incredible. And then the weekend at Ford Field, the best. But two really, really awesome golf outings over the weekend. And we'll start with the 97 Won the Ticket, ninth Annual Golf Invitational Jamboree slash Steve Stryker Classic, a great friend of ours, Steve Stryker. If you listen to 97 Won the Ticket for any of the last, you know, almost 20 years until, sadly, about uh, five years ago now, uh, Steve Stryker was that voice you heard on a lot of what's called imaging in the radio business. You know, if you heard, you know, you know Alliance contest or, uh, you know, sometimes commercials, it was Steve's voice. And he was a beloved individual and unfortunately passed away in a very tragic situation. Um, and we do this outing, obviously, for to have fun with each other, uh, but also to raise money for awareness for different charities that, you know, affect the the friends and family members of Steve Stryker as well now as Jamie Samuelson, our, our fallen comrade, who's just one of the great people uh, of all time. I mean, it, Billy Joel wrote the song with the Good Die Young, two of the best human beings I've ever met and ever, ever will know in my life, gone way before their time, but we raised money for the Jamie Samuelson uh, Colon Cancer Charity softball game and Troy baseball boosters and, of course. Uh, you know, in honor of Steve Stryker as well. And, you know, just have a great time. It's tough to get everyone together uh, from the ticket, you know, throughout the year. Everyone's so busy and different shows and schedules. And obviously I haven't done a show recently on 971, but still am there and still love the guys that I've worked with for years. Um, but it was, it was funny. I wasn't aware of this. And first off, you know, Rieger, just he just can't stay calm. He's not that good at golf anyway. I've definitely surpassed him a long time ago. You know that. But he can't stay calm, and the outing, like, like me, means a ton to him. And he just never is able to put it all together. He shot, I think, a 106. I beat him by a ton, you know eight strokes, and uh, he he lost all of his bets. But that's Riggs, and I love him. We got me tomorrow. Rieger and I versus Coach Campy and Tony Paul, Oakland O's South death match. Tons of money on the line. We'll give a full report on that as well. We're already a lot of money coming in on Rieger and I because we're getting a stroke of hole. Possibly more. Because Coach Campy might have to ride in a car. He's got an upcoming hip surgery, so that could be, you know, a little more action with that. Um, but it's so funny because I was unaware that, I guess, Rieger did a, a he had a 40-minute show, I believe, and the whole show was on the outing on Friday night. And we I, I put this thing together uh, with my great friend Pete Kowalski and Jimmy Powers and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jeff Lesson. Nine years ago, the first year we did it was at Northville Hills. And then every other year, my man Pete Kowalski was an incredible human being and a member of Oakhurst National. I know it's Oakhurst Country Club. They call it Oakhurst National. Just have fun with it. Uh, we've we've had this every year since. And it's just, it's this great day. But Stoney, you know, called it a Rieger show because Rieger was, you know, going nuts about everything and, you know, how much it means to him. And I, and I love that because that's the same way I am. And I, I was unaware that Stoney who was in my force along with my man, Rich Renko, who's almost a scratch golfer, and uh, the great Ryan Hertel Hotel, a uh, long-time uh, employee, salesman guy, great guy at uh, 97.1. So Stoney had called Rieger's show and said he was very upset that not that, that he was in our force, which I guess got misconstrued, but he had requested to be with Burchie and Evan Jenkins, and two great guys, so I have no problem with that. It wasn't like Stoney didn't want to play with me or Rich. we were all old friends. And, and he's known Ryan for a long time, too. So he, and he, he I guess he said that he, you know, he's, got to, he's got to run a, a car with Leach for four hours. It's going to be crazy. Needless to say, I gave Stoney crap the second we saw him. And needless to say, we won. So after all the nonsense and all the hubbub,aloo, and Stoney, being, as he says, more upset that he did have his request fulfilled, and he wasn't upset that he was playing with me, because who wouldn't want to play with Dan Leach, the Squatch? It doesn't get any better. But we won the whole damn thing. I had never won it before, and we didn't just win by a stroke or two. Normally, there's been ties in the past. We had to do tiebreakers. I think every year it's been one stroke, or one year it might have been two. We won by four. We shot a combined, it's its four-man teams, with handicap, obviously, for and it's adjusted for Oakhurst the way they do it for all you know the outings where you're using handicap. And it's two best balls for each foursome on each hole. We shot a 116. Second place was a 120. And Jimmy Powers' team that usually tries to stack themselves to win this thing, uh, 122. Yet I made a stupid mistake. And I normally bet match play because for someone like me that's really improving but still can shoot in the 90s and, and even sometimes the 100s, it's better to, in case I have a blow-up blowpole, which I don't really luckily have that much anymore, but happens, and powers when he's healthy, he had some, you know, sore back stuff, he could shoot in the 80s. He didn't play it a year, two years ago and shot like an 83. So I did match play, three aside. Jimmy sh- shoots a 94, I shoot a 98. If I would have just done the four strokes aside he had proposed to me on each nine, I would have beat him easily on both nights and I lost, you know, one of our bets for 25 bucks Sucks. But anyway, we are the champions. It was awesome. Woj came out as always. Had no G&Ts and just some beers. But we, we had our late night putting for cash till we couldn't see anymore after 10 o'clock. Such a great day and, and for obviously a great cause as well. We raised some money uh, for that. And then on Sunday, as much as the 97-1 ticket outing is one of the great days of the year. This is as well, and it's, it means a tremendous amount to me on a personal level. I've now been involved with the NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, NAMI Metro, skids and pins outing for 10 years. I've been their MC for 10 years. It's been going on for 17 years. And as many of you know, and I'm sure some of you listening have had this happen in your life or with people you know or love, uh, I think everyone's been affected by, you know, mental illness and depression and, and other kind of issues. You know, I talk all the time about how I'm 11 years sober and I've had my run and and, and rough times with things. Um, And that's, you know, that's a mental issue in uh, in a different way. It's obviously a substance problem. And it it all kind of can go together because there's so many that are hurting. And over the last couple of years during the pandemic, it got worse for a lot of people. They were isolated. People had to work from home, which was a good thing for some, a terrible thing for others. If you had kids, there was no kind of buffer zone. Uh, if you weren't able to get care for the kids, so we all know that it just it was obviously exasperated the situation by for some during this this time you know period of time. And we're still not out of COVID fully, but at least we're you know able to go inside without masks and be able to do certain things and concerts and sporting events and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's such an important cause to, to me and so many others. My man, Tony Mitchell and Leon Judd and Mary Ellen and Vince and just all these people that have worked so hard to help raise all this money to be able to help people that are that are hurting and are struggling. And it was the biggest amount of golfers we've ever had, over 220, such a great day. My dad came out there, Judge Dredd, my man, Super Dave. We were 10 under, not good enough, because my man, Joe Jessick, who, if you saw, we, we talked with him at the Michigan Open a couple months ago in June I'm a Grand Travers. He led by himself after the second round, and it was one stroke off from the all-time record, single-round record, uh, in the Michigan Open. Him and his family have been doing this for years, and they won, like, for, I think, at one point, four or five straight. They hadn't won in, like, five years. But of course, Joe comes back. The whole family's there. They're sixteen under. It's not really about winning, though. But you want to, you know, I like to be competitive. But it's about the great cause. And I just am so grateful. People were coming up to me and, and, and thanking me for emceeing. And, and I'm like, listen, I thank you. And it's an honor. But I'm grateful to be able to do this because I'm able to do this. And I'm just a small part in this, in like hundreds of moving parts and people and volunteers outing that really raises a ton of money. That is able to help so many. So uh, if you're listening to this show and you have someone in need or you you yourself are in need of, of help and you've been struggling uh, or you just want to donate to help others, NAMIMetro.org, N-A-M-I-M-E-T-R-O.org. Stigma stinks, man. We got to get rid of the stigma because if you're hurting, we need people to know you're not alone. I've obviously talked about it a lot on various shows that I've done on 97.1 on this show itself. I mean, obviously, mainly we talk about you know, ways to make money on the show and have great guests and all that kind of stuff. But there's times where I want to turn it to a serious note for a second. And, and on Sunday, it's, you know, one day a year that I really take seriously. And it's so great to be able to share it with people like my father. And yes, we, we pulled the exploding golf ball trick on my dad. And it was pretty damn funny, the videos on my Twitter at Daily971. But just a beautiful day. And I'm just so grateful. To be a part of it, and, and shout out to everyone that came and donated, and and got live auction items, and you know got into the raffle and got into the skins and everything else. Uh, to have that many people out there, two hundred and twenty, haven't run so smoothly. People at Fox Hills did a great job. So thanks to one and all. So what what a week for me, and let's get ready for a big week ahead and make some money here as we get closer to football. But we've got the you know final tournament before the FedEx Cup playoffs, win of championships. So those golf odds will be out uh later today and we'll talk about those coming up on the wild wednesday show with my official picks uh and and also we got the tigers continuing on so let's get into the motown betting window and i I will tell you this it it is it is frustrating because you know you want to be excited about the tigers i mean this isn't the year where they're going to be able to do anything as far as playoffs go it's definitely behind schedule but you want to be able to root for your baseball team and in certain years, you know, even the best teams, the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, things don't happen for them. Tigers had that great 10, basically 10-year ten period of contention, so it's not like it's been lean times, uh, but lately it has. And and it's about, you know, you know we were talking about a lot of the 97-1 outing on Saturday. It's about the, um, you know, the possibility of Al Vila losing his job. Is that the right move? Does Chris Eilich care? Is he going to do it? All that kind of stuff. Uh, but this has been such a frustrating year. So, I get it. And we're not barely even giving out plays with the Tigers because it is just not worth it. But let's take a trip, though, to the Motown betting window. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is serving up big wins with their new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app every Wednesday to receive a 20% profit boost on any. Tennis We're getting closer and closer to the U.S. Open. Obviously, the hardcourt series where there's some really good value. Now, I'm obviously going to give you plays on this show when I like them. That's right. You can log in every Wednesday at BetRivers. Automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the uh, BetRivers app, which is awesome. Heat up your summer with the BetRivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem. Call 800 Two seven zero seven one one seven. So after the Tigers lose 3-4 to the Blue Jays, right back at it. Coming up later tonight, 740 local start here in Minnesota. It will be Tarek Skubal who's pitched great the last basically 5-6 starts after a great beginning of the season where he's in the Cy Young race for a minute and then in the middle part of the season, really bad. But he's really kind of, uh, you know, solidified that. and His name is being mentioned as a possible trade deadline, uh, you know, pitcher that will be on the market. He's now seven and eight with a 367 ERA Minnesota has yet to decide their pitcher so no line on this one yet but stay tuned and that line should be out based on when you you listen to this during uh, Monday. Uh, I would say the lines gonna be out probably uh, by maybe one in the afternoon so we'll see uh, exactly who the Minnesota Twins go with and of course the Tigers will continue uh, that series for the next few days here It'll be Manning Matt Manning getting a, his first start in a while. Uh, he's 0-0 with the 2.25 ERA. He will start against Chris Archer on Tuesday night at 7:40. Uh, all these games, the first two are excuse me, are 7:40 games, and then a day game Wednesday. It'll be Tyler Alexander uh, and Ryan for Minnesota. They will get it going at 1:10 Eastern local time, and then the Tigers uh, will start a series at home with the Rays uh, from Thursday to Sunday. That first game will be an FS1 game, by the way, with Springs going for Tampa and Hutchinson for Detroit, 7-10 at Comerica Park on Thursday night. Well, Tony Finau did go back to back. We discussed that I was not going to we haven't had a back-to-back winner of the PJ tour in three years. I wasn't gonna give Tony Finau as a pick, but once it became, you know, a two-man race with him and Penrith. It wasn't going to go well for Penrith, who I think is going to have a lot of wins eventually on the PGA Tour. Uh, but definitely wasn't ready for the way that Tony Finau uh, played the last couple of days. Finau wins this thing with a new tournament record, 26 under, went 64-66, 65-66. And, you know, Cantley ended up finishing tie with Cameron Young uh, for second, Penrith as well at 21 under, and then Steven Yeager at minus 20. Uh, listen, you know, we had our chances. Will Del Torres got off to a terrible start, barely made the cut, made it on the number, couldn't get the job done for us. But actually, in the end, he finished the highest of all of our official plays, along with he was tied for 20 at the 13-under with Colm with Colin Tarum. We got it almost 100-1. So not the kind of tournament that I would have liked here locally in Detroit. I was able to go out there, though, and have a great time, get my bucket of crab and, and shrimp, uh, but the Rocket Mortgage Classic was all Tony Finau, and Finau, in, in less than a year, is really not that he needed to turn things around. But he is becoming a legitimate threat to not just win multiple tournaments, but to be able to win majors—not just one, multiple majors. I love Tony Finau, one of my favorite uh, golfers in recent years, and I think Tony Finau is going to be winning a lot of tournaments going forward. Uh, and Remember, he's just 32 years old. He's got a—he's in his prime, man. He's got a lot, uh, of great years ahead of him. And that's what happened uh, this weekend at the Rocket Mortgage or last weekend, excuse me, at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And as I mentioned, we'll have the Lions for the Wyndham Championship in North Carolina coming up on the Wild Wednesday Show. And just want to dip in here and take a look at the Detroit Lions markets. We're going to do this every day uh, leading into the season on the uh, the uh, in the Motown betting window. Lines to make the playoffs, plus 340, kind of where it's been for the last couple of weeks. No is minus uh, 455. The escorts to make it is plus 340. Division finishing position, which I've told you, I really like the lines to finish second at 4-1. To, to finish first, they're 9-1. Uh, third plus 165, fourth minus, or plus 145. And then their win total has been at 6.5. For quite some time now, it moved up from minus 118, the over, to minus 121. Under 6.5, lines. wins at Bet Rivers is even money. Over 5.5, minus 240. Under 5.5, plus 190. And then the over 7.5 is plus 160. The under 7.5 is minus 200. I love the over. I got it at 6. I still like it at 6.5. If he gets to 7, that's going to be kind of probably a stay away. But I think it's going to maybe be at 6.5 at least until towards the end of the, you know, training camp in the preseason. Uh, But I would snatch it now. For me, it's like a three-unit play. I love the Lions going over 6 and half I believe they win seven or eight games. And that's kind of where they need to be as they get ready to hopefully be a contender in 2023. And when I mean contender, I mean, obviously, wildcard contender, possibly division. But then over the next few years, that's how you build your crescendo and become a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, Interesting stuff when it comes to the Lions, by the way when there's been some rankings out recently of kind of under-the-radar prospects and young players that could break out. We're going to talk about that later in the week, but there are several Lions on a recent ESPN list of the top 25 NFL prospects in 2022. Not rookies, obviously, but people that are 23, 24, even some 22-year-olds that have been in the league for a couple years. So the future could be very bright and deep with the depth of Lions trying to build under Brad Holmes. And if Dan Campbell's the right coach in the next few years, this could be really exciting football times for the Detroit Lions and their fans here in the Motor City. All right, that's a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Coming up next, our latest edition of Michigan Monday is a ultra hyper focus on both Michigan and Michigan State football as we get closer and closer to the season, and a very interesting list of the fifty best defenses. In college football history, one program made it multiple times. We'll see who that was. That comes up next, right here on the Maddox Money edition of the Detroit Citycast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1 800 270 7117. And it's time for the latest edition of Michigan Mondays a close look at both Michigan and Michigan State football as we get set for the start of the college football season. We are in August, so it's early September. The second and third to be exact, second for Michigan State against Western, third for Michigan against Colorado State, where they will open up their season. So we are basically a month away, a month and a couple days away from both Michigan and Michigan State opening up their seasons. I cannot wait. And we're going to update some of the lines for you here, talk about any movement we've seen when it comes to win totals and the spreads for week one and Heisman Trophy odds and other props uh, we'll get to in a minute. But I thought this was really interesting. And ESPN just came out with their 50 best defenses in college football history. And as I mentioned, you did have one program that came on this list multiple times. We shall find out what that program is shortly. But let's start... With the first defense on this list, number 48 of either team that is, the 2016 Michigan Wolverines D under Jim Harbaugh, they allowed 14.1 points per game, that was the 10-3 year, they finished 12th in the AP poll, of course, Jabril Peppers, Jordan Lewis, and the squad, uh, really just did a heck of a job under first-year coordinator Don Brown. That was before Don Brown's defenses became Sims in all the most important games. Wolverines held their first uh, 11 opponents to just 10.9 points a game. And, of course, things got really bad against the Buckeyes late in the year and Florida State in the bowl game. They still held both those teams under their season averages, but that was a heck of a defense in uh, 2016 for the Wolverines. That comes in at number 48. On the list of top fifty defense. Well, I guess I'm giving it away because here is the, the second uh, appearance by an, uh, one of the two teams. It's the Wolverines at number forty six, and we're going we're going way back. I mean, I don't. I, I, should we even count this? I guess we have to. It's on the list. I mean, it's just one you know person's objective or subjective feelings here? Uh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people that agree with most of these defenses, but Bill Connolly uh, is the one that did this. The 1927. Wolverine defense, coached by Ted Wieman. They allowed 4.9 points a game, 6-2. And, and, of course, all-time Michigan great Benny Oosterbahn. Uh, you know, he was a, a football and basketball all-American tw- three times and a basketball all-American twice. Uh, you know, he was the face of the Wolverines. They shut on five of their eight opponents and lost to only unbeaten Illinois and Minnesota. But, yes, the 1927 Wolverine defense uh, Figures in there. So we'll, we'll just let that kind of slip for now. Number 40, the 1973 Michigan defense. Under Bo Schembechler were allowed 6.2 points per game. They were 10-0 and one six of the AP poll. Remember, back during that period of time, there were teams that could go undefeated that might not be able to go to the Rose Bowl or whatever the big bowl game for their conference is. Uh, and there was years where obviously Michigan and Ohio State were undefeated or, you know, didn't have a loss at least. Could have had ties, and only one of the two teams, of course, could go to the Rose Bowl. It was before, obviously, the BCS, before the multiple bowl games, and the playoff, obviously. Uh, definitely different ties. But that was the uh, Wolverines year that ended with basically the most painful tie in program history. Uh, I know that people that are a little older, it was before my time, that was the 10-10 tie against Ohio State. Ugh, that was a rough one, uh, but that was a very, very, very good Michigan defense that year. They were led by Dave Gallagher and DB Dave Brown. They allowed more than ten points just once all year, thirteen to the Hoosier Daddies. uh, That it was beating forty-two to nothing in the second quarter. Uh, This defense, even by the standards at uh, in Ann Arbor, uh, was absurd. And they are ranked number forty in the top fifty best college football defenses of all time. And as we continue on the list, now we're moving into the top. 25 and then of course the top 20 and the top 15 and number 14. I thought this would be higher. I mean, this was right in my prime college years. I was at the Rose Bowl national title game. You can say whatever you want about the split national title. Let's just be honest. Michigan was the national champions in 97. But yes, the 1997 Michigan defense were obviously Charles Woodson won the Heisman, Lloyd Carter, the coach, 9.5 points a game. National champions, 12-0, first in the AP poll. The only poll that mattered, by the way, because the coach's poll was a nonsense, sympathy, Tom Osborne vote where full were being mad that Peyton Manning lost the Heisman Charles Woodson voted Michigan 15th in his final poll. So enough of this nonsense. Wolverines, Vegas would have had him favored over Nebraska on a neutral field. They were the best team in the country. They won it all. But, of course, Charles Woodson, you start with him. uh, It was the entire defense. Glenn Steele, Sam Sword, a a ridiculous secondary. A schedule that featured four top ten opponents. Wolverines allowed more than 16 points just once all season, and here comes the 72 Michigan defense, number nine. We're top ten now. Bo Shem scoring defense allowed 5.2 points per game. They were 10 and 1 fourth in the AP poll. Paced by guys like Randy Logan, the safety, one of the eras, definitely uh best secondaries overall for this team. Wolverine's defense was definitely were incredible at 72 overall. They played two ranked teams in September, number six UCLA, number 18 Tulane. Allowed a combined 16 points. And in the Wolverines' first seven conference games, they allowed 20. In their first seven conference games, they allowed a combined 20 points. And even in that one loss they had, the 14-11 loss to Silly Ohio State, they allowed only 192 yards, 78 of them, which came on a single touchdown drive. The stingiest defense of the very stingy Schembechler era, as Connolly puts it. And here we go with Michigan State. They make the list at number five, and guess what? That's the highest of either two te- of the two teams. So Michigan went a five times, but the Spartans have the highest spot, the 1965 Duffy Daugherty Spartans, scoring defense 6.9 points per game. 10-1, second in the AP poll. The Spartans allowed... Thirteen combined points to number four Notre Dame and number six Purdue. They destroyed and and just made mid speed out of Michigan and Ohio State by a combined fifty six to fourteen. They were loaded with future Hall of Famers like defensive end Boba Smith, former Police Academy man, to uh, movie wise as well. Safety George Webster and two other All Americans in between the line there. Uh, and listen, if this was the era where there was a you know a national champion after. The bowl game or after the regular season, um, it would be different because back then, they were deciding the national championship before the bowl games. Michigan State definitely would have taken the title if that was the case back then, uh, and they were 10-0. And and in the Rose Bowl, though, uh, UCLA scored after a muff punt and the Michigan State 6-yard line. They pull off a surprise outside kick out of the Saints in the Super Bowl, quickly scored again. And they were able to put 14 points on the Spartans. No one else had done it. And that decided the game was a 14-12 upset. One of the great Rose Bowls ever played. Of course, kept the title ring off the finger of the members of what was definitely probably the best non-SEC defense ever. At least in uh, Connolly's eyes here on ESPN. But that was the 65 Michigan State defense. So, they have the highest ranking. There you go. Fight amongst yourselves. Wolverines and Spartans. Take a look at some of the lines here. Update you on where we're at. Uh, starting with the national championship odds. Alabama still a favorite, plus 150. The Buckeyes plus 250. Georgia four to one. Clemson ten to one. Texas a and USC are 20 to one. Wolverines Wayne at 50 to one. Same odds as Oregon and Texas, and then the Michigan State Spartans. All the way down at 150 to 1. They, for years, and we knew this happened under the D'Antonio regime, not much national respect. The Spartans would always just prove it on the field. But this year, I do not believe Michigan State really has a chance to be a national champion. I don't think Michigan's got a great chance to be a national championship contender this year. We will see uh, both squads, obviously, on transfers to Michigan State. Wolverines lost a ton on defense, but the offense should be amazing. Uh, so we'll see what happens with both of these teams. Uh, the Wolverines 50-1 to 1 and the Spartans 151 when it comes to playing in the biggest moments and being on the national stage and maybe turning into a national championship legit contender by six, seven, uh, you know, games into the season like uh, both teams kind of were last year. Uh, here is your updated Heisman Trophy odds. C.J. Stroud at plus 175 is the favorite. Bryce Young could be a future Lion plus 350. Uh, Caleb Williams plus 750, Will Anderson and Trevion Henderson, Dylan Gabriel. Who I talked about when I hosted on uh, my guys in the desert last week for Stormy. On uh, Visa is one of my plays. Uh, at least if you're not going to go with Stroud or Young, uh, Jameer Gibbs all at 20 to one. The first Wolverine or Spartan on this list is JJ McCarthy. Don't even know if he's a starter yet, but he is 70 to one. You would think maybe Shay Shea Patterson, maybe Cade McNamara, who took the team to the Orange Bowl last year and won their first big 10 title since 03, would maybe have around the same odds. He doesn't. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but then you've got Peyton Thorne, the Spartan QB, at 80 to 1. At one point, two and a half or so weeks ago, we first, little like right when we were starting to do this Michigan Monday segment, uh, he was 100 to 1. So his odds are moving up there. And then you do have Cade McNamara at 100 to 1. And once again, he's the guy that got them there. Got them to the you know the the first ever CFP and the Big Ten title and all the great stuff last year, but he is at a to one. When you've got JJ McCarthy, who I think has a great chance to be the starter, but has not been named the starter yet, he is at seventy to one. Here are your Big Ten conference odds. Ohio State still minus two thirty. It's been pretty. Steady there for the last couple of weeks. The Wolverines plus eight fifty. They were nine to one for a minute. They've been eight fifty for the last several weeks as well. Wisconsin and Penn State at thirteen to one. Nebraska at seventeen to one. Minnesota and Iowa at eighteen to one. Michigan State at twenty seven to one. Listen, you're taking obviously a gamble. That's what life is. But if you think the Spartans are going to be the kind of team that will surprise early and just look really, really, you know, like a, a national title contender, you got to take them now. At 27-1, I don't believe they will be, but if the Spartans, when you look at their schedule, they should be. I mean, the Washington game is the big one, but they, they have a great chance of being 3-0 if they beat Washington because they're going to beat Western Akron, and then that Minnesota game, if Michigan State is 3-0 coming home for their first Big Ten home game, and that Minnesota team is going to be very tough on the west side of the conference, but if they can beat them and go 4-0, you got Maryland on the road coming up next, that's where things really are going to change for Michigan State in the Big Ten when it comes to the odds. And I, you know, 27-1 to 1 could present some value for you when it comes to Michigan State. But I'm not telling you about it. If you're a state backer and you believe that there's value in taking them, uh, having a chance in the Big Ten, you would have to do it before the season starts. That is my opinion when it comes to that. And then also, there are odds bettable at uh, Bet Rivers right now for the Big Ten East Division winner, Buckeyes, no surprise, huge favorite, five minus five hundred. Penn State six to one. Michigan six and a half to one. You might say, well, Leach, why is Penn State a shorter price than Michigan, even though Michigan's a shorter price than Penn State to win the national title, get it with the Big Ten and get to the College Playoff, right? Well, it's because there's a lot of money coming in for Pennsylvania legal sports betting there with Bet Rivers and other apps uh, on Penn State, so it's more of a liability thing. Michigan definitely is clearly. The team that is looked at as having a better chance to beat Ohio State than Penn State, but that's where we're at right now. The Wolverines six and a half to one, Spartans sixteen to one, Indiana hundred to one, Maryland one hundred and fifty to one, and Rutgers two hundred to one to win the Big Ten East. Trust me, Rutgers is not going to win the Big Ten East. Uh, let's talk about win totals here, and we will start with the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, This has been pretty steady for a while now. 7.5 is the number. We've seen it steadily climb up. At one point, it was minus 115 or so, then 120. Now it's minus 134 on the over. It's one of the biggest nationally bet win totals over under in the country. So right now, 7.5 over. Bet River's 134. The under is plus 105. I think that win total is right where it should be. I think Michigan State wins seven or eight games based on what I'm, I'm seeing right now getting ready for the season. Obviously, long way to go. Obviously, summer camp, and we'll see how the uh, the Spartans start their season off. They are able to beat uh, Washington and go 3-0, and then have a chance to go 4-0 with that home game against Minnesota. As I mentioned, the odds are really going to change, and that win total will look really, really good based on what they have the rest of the year. And then as far as Michigan goes... The Wolverines, they are at 9.5. They've been there the whole time. The line has basically, juice-wise, stayed the same the last few weeks, over minus 118, under minus 107. I think that number is exactly where it should be as well. I think the Wolverines are going to start easily 4-0, then the big game in Iowa, which would make them 5-0 on the road if they were able to win that. And Indiana, home Penn State, home Michigan State, uh, You know, they got their toughest games except for Iowa and Ohio State at home. I think the Wolverines can win 10 games. So it's right there. I don't see any value on the over or the under right now. Because to be honest, when you look at, you know, who's going to be the quarterback, that's going to be, uh, go a long way into seeing exactly how the Wolverines might start the season. What if there is a big battle for it? What if Harbaugh can't decide if it's going to be Cade McNamara or, you know, J.J. McCarthy until right before, you know, noon on September 3rd against Colorado State? you want To, I, to me, as a Michigan fan, I want a clear winner of the quarterback battle. I don't want a a Chris Leak, Tim Tebow system, the two-quarterback system. It never really works. Uh, I mean, obviously, it worked in Florida. That's one of the few places it's ever worked. And they had issues at times, too. But I want a clear guy that is the starter. And if that's the way it is, the offense can hum and the defense can recover from their big losses. Michigan could have a a nice year. I don't know if they're going to go back to the playoff or have a great chance of that. But they should be a 10 and possibly 11-win team. But the Wolverines, very tough games on the road against Iowa and on the road against Ohio State. And, of course, Penn State, May's out, October 15th in the big house. Could be a night game. Michigan State could be a night game, October 29th. Obviously, they get a week off between Penn State and Michigan State. But those are two back-to-back, brutally tough home games for the Wolverines. So, no value for me on the over-under for Michigan as well. And then as far as the games go, week one, September 2nd at night, under the lights at Spartan Stadium. Uh, This line has basically been stagnant for the last few weeks as well. Michigan State minus 18.5. It was minus 17.5, but that was about three weeks ago that it went to 18.5 and it's stuck there. Both sides minus 110. Money line's been the same as well for the last couple weeks. Michigan State minus 1250. uh, Western Michigan plus 650. And the total has stayed 54.5 over minus 112, under minus 108 for a while as well. And I think you're going to start seeing, as we get like a week or two out, that's where you really might start seeing some of the line movement. And we'll monitor, you know, the percentage of money on uh, both sides, both for Michigan and uh, Michigan State in their opening games. But right now, there's a lot of money on the over, over 80% of the money on the over uh, for the Western Michigan-Michigan State game. And then as far as the spread goes, it's pretty split. There's more money... Right now, uh, by about 6-8% on Western Michigan, plus the points. But there's not a ton of money coming in on either side right now. So that's something that we'll monitor over the next several weeks as well. And then as far as Michigan and Colorado State go, we see this line as high as 28.5, as low as 26.5. It's been sitting at 27.5 for a couple weeks now. Uh, minus 117 for the Wolverines at Pet Rivers. Colorado State plus 27.5, minus 105 in the total, 57.5. Over minus 114, under minus 107. And when it comes to the total, you've got the high majority of the money, over 90% of the money in the tickets on the over. But this is where things are interesting. I mean, obviously, it's a huge spread. You've got about 70% of the money right now on Colorado State plus the points. People are not laying the 27.5 in Game 1 with the Wolverines right now. But that could change as we get closer to the start of the season as well. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the Manic Monday edition of the Detroit City Cast. See you in a couple days on Wild Wednesday. Until then, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch. Out.